what was it about the Bible that attracted you? I think uh, looking at when I first saw the Bible, I was at, a, I guess it was a camp, and they had a bazaar. And it's, in, it's embedded and burned in my brain of looking at the first three words of the Bible in the beginning. Wow. So even looking at just a youth worker just put her finger on that. And so I was probably seven years old and just had a bazaar doing fun things and people in costumes and that finger right on the, in the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning. And then the second impact where it was my father who gave me, um, uh, I think it was Matthew uh, 6, 33, seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness and, <laughs> and all these things have been yeah. and I was estranged from my father so I wasn't raised by him but I was going through something in 92 yeah. and I felt compelled to call him right. and that was the first scripture he gave me Wow, and even, even with your name, the name James, you know, the the Word of God is. I know some people think it's in the book, but right. it's everywhere, and yeah. uh, and that's what we're going to discover. So uh, we're going to explore more of the Bible Museum. We'll see you soon. Museum, but we're in the impact of the Bible section where it's talking about the impact of Bible culture. So, uh, besides your personal life, where have you seen the influence of the Bible uh, in your reality, in, in your day to day life? Definitely the arts. The and arts. Of course, I think uh, the fashion a little bit, but it seems like when I look at the scripture, it's kind of more the outdated things. <laughs> but I also understand that there's things that are retro. There's nothing new under the sun, well, I'm of course. Gonna, you know, you know yeah. so if, when you talk to D.C., you can say one thing, and five hours later, you're learning the history of it, you're learning where it came from. Right. The same way you're a wordsmith. You're also a lifesmith. Right, right. <laughs> but well, the obvious also in the Bible is that it's literature. Right, right. And so, of course, it's impacted writers, and there's the dynamic of wisdom and poetry and, of course, the historical chronicling of certain events. And so that is the first, it's a literary work, so when you which say is artistic. That, when yeah. you say that, it sounds like you're saying like the relevancy of the Bible is beyond religion. Way beyond, way yeah. beyond. Yeah, and so, so it's a, what happens when you try to keep it in religion? Well, of course it's stifled, <laughs> it's stiffened, Right. it has no room to move, and I got it, there's things that are linear that most people, they want to see it so bland and so staunch, but when we think about the creative arts, we're yeah. creations. Yeah. So the scripture says that we're fearfully, wonderfully made. So we're also unique and there's a diversity in that. Not that we're all one and the same and nothing can change. change so yeah. that is where we can see our creator as an artisan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Jesus. And of course, he just said that God is an artist, is that he would be the ultimate. Creator. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that when you look at history, when you look at the movies that have come out, you mentioned the Ten Commandments. Uh, we, well, unfortunately, we uh, we need some more sponsorship. <laughs> we can't show you clips without getting sued. <laughs> we can't this show you is clips. true. We have to yeah. pay writers and, and, and artists. And and he's also yeah. that guy too. Yeah. He yeah. understands how to do legal yeah. stuff. Uh, when I saw the guy get sued for let's get ready to rumble, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'll pass. It's, I'll it's, it's serious. Yes, yeah, it's serious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm not, I don't have that kind of money. But, but you mentioned Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. uh, what's another? Uh, the Exorcist. <laughs> I wasn't thinking of Bible, but yeah, no, obviously there's that. demonic activity uh, in the supernatural. Lucifer was the angel of music. Right, and he's uh, been dimensioned and written in so many different aspects through art yeah. as well. Yeah, and then you've got uh, then you've got Michelangelo. Yep. That, now that I can show. Yeah. <laughs> the Michelangelo. On the pristine yeah. yeah. So... Art really has been completely influenced. Evan Almighty. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now, From the comedy to the drama just, to the mystery. Right, right. The mystique, the, and the we, act. Yeah. And we would be foolish to say that rhythm and blues did not stem from gospel music. Oh, yeah. We would that, be, that, yeah. yeah, that would be yeah, foolish. That would be that. disrespectful, too. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. So, guys, you see here that the reality is that uh, so much of our culture has absolutely been impacted uh, by this. And what's really cool to see here is right now you're seeing that uh, there's a lot of young people here, school trips. So these are reasons why you want to come to the Bible Museum. Yeah. But it's becoming part of their reality now. They're seeing it. I wish this was here when we grew up. Hey, I think that's one of those things where we're here now. And so, of course, this is where the young people can at least get a little bit more of what we yeah. missed out on. But I think we still had something even in the, like I said, the Ten Commandments. I remember John uh, Houston's uh, The Beginning of the World. So looking at the Chronicles of the Bible. Right, so right. I got, you know, Adam and Eve. And again, yeah, Narnia, C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Yes, so yes, yes. there is some things that we were able to get. And I think we were able to use more of our imagination. If anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and what's, but I, I think what's happening is that this is kind of a response to the fact that, you know, and I think everybody for the Bible Museum, because it is a response to the, the massive attack on the faith, and the idea of trying to take something that has been this impactful and put it into fantasy, you know, uh, which, yeah. which, which I think is funny because when I look at the Romans, and the, and, the, and the Zeus, and they had their gods and their religions. Right. It's like mythology. Mythology. It's Our nursery rhymes. Yeah, it, but it's all kind of bowed the knee down to the story of the Messiah. You know what I mean? And by the way, when we were mentioning films, we also got to mention Passion of Christ. Okay. okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Huge impact. Yeah. Huge, huge impact. But we're going to show you some more stuff of the impact of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, and we want to pick his brain a little bit more and find out more of how the Word of God has impacted uh, culture and, and music. I, I would like to ask you this before we go. Okay. Uh, just about uh, the racial divide and all that stuff. How, does, how do you think the Word of God uh, has found a way to to mend that or doesn't even address that? I think it's it, it already exists in this sense that we're, again, we're his creation, his workmanship. And so, of course, I think we get to see that through the different cultures. Mm -hmm. So I think the cultures give us that different expression where we have things that are in common when we think of cuisine or food, which is to some degree a part of the artwork in the creative of where we are in that hospitality, how we take the bounty from the earth and from our own expression, our own culture. So now I get to experience from the Latino culture, 
it, it's still corn, it's beans, it's rice, but it's the way that they do it. <laughs> it's a, it's a drum, it. it's a guitar, and a and a bass, but it's how the Chinese may yeah, use yeah. it or how the European may use it. So now we're in that space where I get to appreciate that different taste, which is of the same bounty of where we all eat from. Yeah, yeah. So it's just that it's expressed differently. Yeah. So now I can appreciate those things. Oh, so so we, don't, we don't have to. So and I, know, I know what you mean when you say I don't see difference. I don't see color. I don't see. It's like, no, see it. Yeah, see absolutely. It, see, it, see it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. It's okay. And so, of course, that exists where, yeah, that's another extension dimension in a facet that we can appreciate. Yeah. And I think it shouldn't be the differences that separate us, but the differences that make it significant for us to come together. It should be an, an interest. I like the way that Italian did that with the leather. Right. right. And they are known for. Yeah, in the yeah. way that the, the the German may move that metal in such a way to where it becomes something mechanized. Yeah, and so that is their expertise. They bring something to the table. Yeah, I, I know I'm going a little bit long, but remember, no, I the, love it. there was I can't remember the car, but it was a car that was an international car where all these different makers from the different countries and they put their flag on the one car that they all had a part in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the concept of if we make an investment, if that is the community, the culture, the nation, the world, then here it is. We can appreciate what our work in a co-op has yeah, contributed. Yeah. So now we'll protect that interest. We'll support that interest. There's no need for have schism over that because we all had a part. Yeah, and, 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 anyway, I, and, I, and I think that you're. I think that's you're the arts right. bringing us together. No, yeah, it, it, it is, and, and it is again. It's the impact of the Bible, which we're here at the Bible Museum, uh, and, and I think that that's what I, it's interesting about the Bible. It's not afraid of conflict or confrontation. It's not afraid to deal with the tension. You know what I mean? I would go so far as to say it's not afraid of being misinterpreted. It's, right. I remember a sculptor that said, "I'm not going to name this art. I'll allow the discussion of the disagreement." to perpetuate the discussion of, we're gonna call it whatever we wanna call it. Right. I'm not going to staunch, capitalize, I'm gonna step back and let the conversation begin. Yeah. Even with the misinterpretation of what I was doing, what it looks like, what I would've, Yeah. so that is, helps. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I tell you what, when, when I hear people uh, say the word of God is not relevant, I think it's because their idea of it was already to constrain it to already you know when i look at examination you're examining it if you say this is not relevant then that just means you're truly misinformed because it's the relevancy is you can't escape the relevancy because the impact goes so deep we'll be right back yeah, yeah. <laughs> current fm has good news the fcc has approved our application to triple tri- tri- our radio signal we get to go up in power We've been praying for this for so long, but we can't do this without your help. We are asking you to help fund this power increase as we'll need to buy a bigger transmitter and antenna. The price for these items alone will be approximately $75,000. Can you help us reach the amount needed so we can quickly get the power increase up and going? You can easily donate securely online at currentfm.com. You can also send in a check to Current FM, 3500 Virginia Beach Boulevard, Suite 201, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23452. We are nonprofit and tax deductible. It's because of your prayers that we received favor from the FCC, and we can't thank you enough for those prayers and for your financial support through the years. Help Current FM in reaching more people and seeing more lives changed in the years ahead.
you know, I'm the oldest, I'm the son, only son, I'm the oldest brother. I'm taking care of, you know, my mom, helping her. I do everything. I eulogize my father. You know, I'm, I'm the guy. I'm, You're I'm not, that guy. I'm the guy, right? So uh, about three months later, I'm cooking dinner, I'm making hamburgers. Right. And guy. I just st- break, I just start raking sobs. Right. My wife running out, what's the matter? I'm like, I miss my dad. It's the first time I cried. And so I talked to my pastor. You know, I said, I, I just, I miss my dad. And I broke down crying. He's like, what's the matter with you? You should cry all the time. If you, if, you know, so it's like. This is good, man. It's good. And so, you know, if there were, after that, if I'm driving down the road and grief is raw and I miss my dad, I'm just going to pull over and cry for a minute. Good. It's okay to do that. Man. We as men have to understand that. Yeah. It's okay to grieve. It's okay Because I'm, I'm looking at when, like, we're yeah. checking out way before women, all that stuff. And I'm like, okay, guys, we really, this goes beyond what you're just eating. I know I got to work on my stuff. Eating. Yeah. I get it. But there's also some stuff that we're carrying sure. that's not just food related. It's like, like, so my brother passed away when I was 24. He was 22. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, and we had this whole plan. The part that gets me is that with my brother is like, when I remember the day that my friends played this prank on me. We were playing hide and go seek. And four hours later, I'm, I was in. I'm four hours later. I'm still looking for him. And they all went to my other friend's house. <laughs> And they started playing the video games. I'm running around the woods like, gotcha. Four hours passed by. I finally, I finally realized. I go to my friend's house. Finally realized they're all there. They've eaten, had fun, played games. And they're like, he was actually still. We thought you went to your uh, mom's house. Uh, I was so upset. Uh, my brother was too young to come out with us. He was four years younger. So he was too out to, to come with us. We, I come home. And he was always waiting for me at the door. He couldn't wait for Big Brother to come home. And I promised him as soon as I got my car, it was just going to be me and him. And we were going to hang out and do all this fun stuff. And, and then what ends up happening, I get the car. That's when the girls showed up. And then I was popular. And then I noticed he didn't just wait for me at the door anymore. But it's like, ah, oh, man, we got a future to build. You know, we got a future to build. Well, he ends up going away to college. I end up in the military. And then when I get out, I'm thinking we still have a whole life together as brothers. Sure enough, he ends up getting leukemia at 22 years old and passes away. And so I end up thinking to myself, like, all of that wasted time. And I think that's one of the things that no one's ever taught men how to deal with grief on is, like, how to respond to it in real time when it shows up. So if that was 2002... And here we are. And I still, whenever I think about it, I can still feel it. And so when you said, I don't care anymore, whenever I feel like crying for my dad, I'm going to cry for my dad. That's how I feel with my brother. But there's always that, oh man, you know, I'm not supposed to be feeling that anymore. Why do we put a time limit on grief? Well, grief has no time limit. I mean, um, I guess the pain lessens maybe over time. But it's ne- never going to go away, right? Grief is never, you know, the, the pain is never going to go away. And I think what, what you're saying, do you, in, in our world today, I mean, because of COVID or whatever, there's a, most people are carrying around some sort of mental health. It, it's just the reality. All of us are. Right. Everyone needs to be healed of something. I'm an Anglican priest. I'm involved in the healing ministry. 
And my, the reality is almost every person that you meet is dealing or struggling with something. That's just the reality. And so to be healthy, um, we have to let it out. We just have to, because if you bottle it up and carry it around, it's only going to fester and just implode and make things worse. So that's why I do think men have to be told, you know, if something happens, if, if there's something that you're dealing with, let's, let's root it out, yeah. dig it out. And because in the long run, it, it, you're just going to be healthier. I don't know why I feel the need to ask you this. Yeah. But this is, this is weird because grief is not always death and loss. It can also sure. be redirection, right? Like something didn't go as planned. My life didn't turn out the way I thought it would. Right. Yep. So why are so many, now, now, this is for men and women, young and old, I know what that feels like. Why is that such a hard hit where we, it's so, like on the football field, we just call that audible. Okay. We saw the, they, yep. this linebacker didn't call it yep. audible. Why can't we do that in real time? And why, why is it such a struggle? Well, I think, <clears throat> um, because we're thinking of self all the time and, um, we have our own ideas and goals about what, you know, we work, I've worked hard. I deserve this. I went to school. I should be that. Um, you know, I, just real, if you don't mind, uh, I spent eight, I'm, a, I'm also a lawyer. I spent right. 18 years as a lawyer. In my job, I was a certified major league baseball player agent. I represented 67 drafted players, 16 major leaguers. And I was coming up on 50 years old. I had a great life, great gig going on. And, um, God called me to do something else, going to the ministry. Right. And so I was like, wait, 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 wait. I, right. I look at my job. Look at, I get, I get affirmation from this. I get prestige from this. I, I you know, God, you want me to give that up oh. to go work in ministry? Really? No, you're being real, real. So yeah, let's be real, real. Right. So, so, um, yeah. So it's like, what, you know, what's up God, but. The reality is, it's as a Christian, you have to trust God. He's all, you know, he has a plan and purpose for you. I know that sounds, you know, trope, yeah. cliche, but the reality is the creator of the universe knows each individual person, knows the number of hairs on their head, knows exactly what you're doing. He has a plan for you. It's a plan for good. Sometimes the plan for good requires a little pain. Right. Okay, but he has a plan for good. He's always working, even if you can't see it. Right, God is always working behind the scenes on you for you, yeah. And so, but, but we in our materialistic Western—that's what I was going to say. People want to see too. Hey, yeah, I, yeah. You know, um, I I did this. I, this should happen to me. I deserve this. What you know, and so that's maybe where the grief comes in, right? Because I, I, I yeah, and, and Christian is surrender, right? Which is funny because. Part of being American is having control. Sure, control. <laughs> it's a it's Absolutely. a direct contrast. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, and, and what do you, what does C.S. Lewis talk say about <laughs> that need for control? Have oh, you already... It's all about surrender, right? It, yeah. Everything you have as a, as a believer, you have to surrender your whole life to Christ, all your circumstances, and trust that God has a plan. And, you know, and it's yeah. good. And it's but it's good. just that there's I mean. I, I try to explain to people, it, it, your feelings have voices attached yeah, to them. Sure. And like the, you can li literally get redirected yes. by the voice of your feelings. So this surrender 
You're surrendering to a voice that doesn't even sound human. Yeah, and you know, Lewis has a lot to say about emotions, you know, and not letting emotions. We are all human. We all have right. emotions. But we can't let them control us, right? We right. can't let our emotions. Lewis has a lot to say about that. So Lewis really has two purposes. N- number one, you look at his own life, which was not perfect. Right. And you see some of the things before Lewis became a Christian. He did some shocking things. And so this is the creator of Narnia. This yeah, is the that's creator what I'm saying. of Aslan. This is mere Christianity. This is Greek. And so you can look at Lewis's life and go, you know, God did something with him. And, um, you know, God worked through him with all, you know, being injured, the death of his wife. That's the first thing about Lewis. You can look at his life and say, okay, I can learn from his life because it's a lot like mine. Mm-hmm. The second thing about Lewis is, you know, the world has sophisticated, nuanced, and sometimes very aggressive arguments against Christianity. The reality is the Christian life is going to be seen as very freakish to the world. Right. And the beauty of Lewis is that he provides us arguments on how to respond to those things, always in love. But the reality is Lewis is a searing logician. Uh-huh. He's going to provide us with our arguments on how to um, respond to how the world is, is treating Christians now and is going to be treating Christians, you know, which are, yeah, right. Because in in his time of writing, it's almost like, this is what's crazy about when he started writing, when he started writing, Christians had the ball. We had the ball. You know, you see what I'm saying? But he was, Lewis was so prescient. If you read the abolition of man, um, you know, some of the, some of the hot culture issues going on right now, we'll just talk about gender and sexuality, right? There are certain, um, you know, orthodox, small, orthodox Christian views about, you know, God has made us men and women. Marriage is one man and one woman. If you hold those small, orthodox views, it can cost you your job now. Right. You're you're not going to be invited to the cool kids table anymore. Right. Right. So, I mean, that's just, and it's going to get, that's only going to get worse. Yeah, right. It's only going to get worse. Um, and so Lewis, he, he, he saw that a hundred miles ahead. So that if you read the abolition of man, he talks all about that. Yeah, that, that's, that's, and, what I, that's one of the things so that gives me. It, you, you can really prepare yourself for what is happening now and what's coming. Hello, my name is Joe Combe. I'm the vice president at the C.S. Lewis Institute in Springfield, Virginia. I'm also the city director of the C.S. Lewis Institute, Virginia Beach, um, where we have our fellows program. If you're interested in growing your faith, I would encourage you to go to www.cslewisinstitute.org for all our discipleship materials. There's no charge for any of them. And if you're in the Virginia Beach area and you would like to grow in your faith, um, you can be a part of our fellows program. And you can go to www.cslewisinstitute.org to apply and check out information on that. This will be our ninth year. We run from September to May every year. We meet once a month at Regent University School of Law. We have a different topic every month, Holy Spirit, humility. We do two months on apologetics. Um, We bring in a local pastor or professor at Regent University's Divinity School to, to talk to our fellows. So... There's no cost to do the fellows program, and uh, I hope you'll come check us out. So thank you very much.
You believe the lies that said you were nothing. Laying on the floor in the bathroom, crying, feeling all alone in the dark, so broken. Listen, you are loved more than you know. I know you think that you just take up space. I know you feel like you must have no place in this world. But listen to me, dear. I'll shout it from the rooftops so everyone can hear. You're a beautiful display of amazing grace. Oh, how sweet the sound of hope calling your name. Reaching for the pills by the sink in the cabinet, taking everyone, hoping this would end. Of space, I know you feel like you must have no place in this world. Listen to me, dear. I'm Robert Shepard. 
America has approximately 580,000 homeless people. My area of Virginia estimates 5,783 people living on the streets. A Google search can show the homeless number in your state. You can make a difference. Please send a message that God loves the homeless and has not forgotten them. Go to www.comingsoonjesus.org and click on Fundraising. Purchase the Coming Soon Jesus t-shirt or hoodie. The CSJ team delivers the shirts and hoodies to homeless shelters, churches, and even directly to the homeless. Together, we can make a difference. Together, we can help the homeless. Please go to www.comingsoonjesus.org. Purchase a t-shirt or hoodie for the homeless today. God bless you as you bless the homeless.